A man and a woman had been married for more than 60 years. He raised three children, he had several grandchildren, even a couple of great-grandchildren. They had been faithful to one another for six decades and kept no secrets from one another during that time, with one small exception. The woman kept an old shoebox on the top shelf of her bedroom closet. She refused to let her husband see what was inside of it. In fact, she told him, in no uncertain terms, that he was never even to question her about its contents. So he didn't. That's a good, obedient husband. Well, not long after their 60th anniversary, the woman came down with a very serious illness. She was bedridden and very weak. The doctor said that she probably would not recover. One day around that time, her husband was getting something out of her closet, and he spotted that old shoebox. He decided to take it to her, to her bedside, and ask her if she'd be willing to tell him at long last what was inside. She said, yes, I think it's the right time. Open it up. When he took the cover off, he found two little crocheted dolls inside, along with some money, $95,000. He couldn't believe it. He said, let me explain. When we were married all those years ago, my very wise grandmother told me that the secret of a happy marriage was to avoid arguing as much as possible. She said that if I ever got angry with you, I should just keep quiet and crochet a doll. Her husband was very touched. He had to fight back the tears. After all, there were only two dolls in the box. He thought to himself, while wow, this dear woman, this lovely wife of mine, only got angry with me two times in 60 years. He said, honey, that explains the dolls, but what about this money? Where did it come from? She replied, oh, you didn't figure that out yet? That's the money I made from selling the dolls. <laughs> Jesus said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's hard, very hard, especially when your neighbor is somebody you have to deal with on a daily basis, like your spouse, even if you haven't been married for 60 years, or your parents, or your brothers and sisters, or your annoying, annoying co-workers. Yet when you stop and think about it, my brothers and sisters, on the surface at least, this commandment really isn't all that demanding doesn't say, for example, that we should or must love other people with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength. That's the way we're supposed to love God. It simply says we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Now the problem there is, of course, many people love themselves a lot, sometimes too much. They might even love themselves with a false or misguided love. But even if we have a healthy self-love, the kind that Jesus would approve of, the fact is very often our self-love is greater than the love we have for other people. And I think that's fairly easy to demonstrate. You know, one of the best explanations of love that was ever given is preserved for us in the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 13. That's the reading you hear very often at weddings. There St. Paul says a number of things about love, one of which is this. He says, love is patient. I ask you this morning, 
how patient are you with other people? Specifically, are you as patient with other people as you are with yourself? I don't know about you, but in all honesty, I very often am much more patient with myself when I make mistakes and say the wrong things than I am with other people when they make the very same mistakes and say the very same wrong things. That's a tendency we have as human beings with a fallen human nature. It's important that we recognize that. Jesus says to us today at this Mass, being half as patient with others as you are with yourself is not good enough. Being three-quarters as patient with others as you are with yourself isn't good enough. To love your neighbor as yourself means you have to be at least as patient with others as you are with the person you see in the mirror every morning. St. Paul also speaks to us in 1 Corinthians 13 about forgiveness. He says, love does not brood over injuries. Another question that can make us aware of the fact that we sometimes love ourselves more than we love our others is this one. Do I expect other people to forgive me for things that I would refuse to forgive them for? Too often our attitude can be, well, of course they should forgive me, because I really didn't mean it, and besides, I'm a nice person. But that other person did it to me intentionally. It's always the way they act, so why should I forgive them? Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, and that love includes forgiveness. One footnote needs to be added here. Although most people have the tendency to love themselves too much, there are some who do have the opposite problem. They love themselves less than they love others. And that's just as wrong. In fact, if you don't love themselves at all, they're filled, sad to say, with self-hatred. If those people are ever going to be faithful to that second great commandment of Jesus, they need inner healing. They will need inner healing. Healing of their hearts, their minds, their souls. We should pray for people like that, that they will receive those gifts. Hopefully I've made it clear in this homily that observing the second great commandment on the practical level is anything but easy. But as difficult as it might be to love your neighbor as you love yourself, it's really a piece of cake compared to the first commandment Jesus gives us in his gospel. I think we all would agree that it would be challenging enough if Jesus had said that we need to love God as we love ourselves. But Jesus went way beyond that. He said we must love our of God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not just with some of our heart and some of our soul and some of our mind and some of our strength. Not even with most of our heart and most of our soul and most of our mind and most of our strength. Jesus says here we have to love our God with everything. All of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. Now when you think about how easily we can be distracted in prayer, when you think about how many little sins we commit every single day, when you think of how easy it is to let other things take precedence over our relationship with God, when you think of stuff like that, you realize something. You realize that this first great commandment is the spiritual equivalent of climbing Mount Everest. In fact, climbing Mount Everest is actually a lot easier. The bottom line is this, my brothers and sisters, even for the very best among us, the first great commandment of Jesus to love God above all things is always a goal. 
It's never an achievement on this side of the grave. With the exception of Mary, our Blessed Mother, it wasn't even an achievement for the great saints. Even they fell short, albeit in small ways. The second, the commandment to love our neighbor, is an achievement, thanks be to God, that we can attain. But it's definitely not a constant one. As we all know, sometimes we do it, and sometimes we don't. That explains why we're here this morning, does it not? You see, if we loved God and loved our neighbor always and perfectly, we wouldn't need to pray. We wouldn't need Mass or confession or any of the other sacraments. We wouldn't need God's grace or the power of the Holy Spirit. But we do. And hopefully we all realize that we do.